Grace, we're live. We're live. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Episode number 10. Let's do it again. Yes, do it. I'm Eric Idiot Runner Kosek. And I'm Grace Hot Pants Langheim. Eric is all business in the front of the pack, and I am all about the party in the back. That's right. Business up front and party in the back. Together, we are the Running Mullet. And we are going to talk about every aspect of running, the podium to the DNF and everything in between. If you are a runner, this show is for you. Now sit back, get out your foam roller, and enjoy the party. Eric, look what I found. Look what at you this. got, Chris. Look at this. That's a double okay. decker. It is a double decker oatmeal cream pie. Look at how many calories. Look at that. 500? 500 calories. That's going to put double- you in cardiac arrest. <laughs> I found this at the grocery store. I immediately took a picture, sent it to Rhoda. <laughs> And wrote a smoker and she just said, mind blown, 500 calories in an oatmeal cream pie. So do you save that for your FKT for like the last hour or something? So you no. get all popped up? This is the first hour. This is, I hit that trail and this will probably be the first thing I have is a double decker oatmeal cream pie. 500 calories. I'm telling you what. That's a lot of calories in a little pie. (laughs) It is a lot of calories in a little pie. That's what they should use as their slogan. I don't think they understand how many hikers, ultra runners are going to be really happy for this thing. (sighs) Did that just make it to your top 10 junk food list? It did. It might be number one. I'll let you know, but I'm pretty excited and uh, I couldn't wait to show you. So I feel better now. I have you, you noticed? I don't know. Real quick before we get started, I don't know if you've yeah. noticed my, my little hint, my little playing game I do at the beginning with rhyming a word with the number of the episode. <laughs> it is painfully obvious. Yes. It's going to get pretty hard, I think, from here on out. I can't wait to see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for it. It's awkward, and I am here for it. Oh, man. Like 13? What do I do with that? I, anyway, we'll figure out that when the time comes. I love it. Oh, was, man. How was your weekend? You went to uh, Hills Creek, right? My weekend was good, yeah. I went. I ended up going to Hills Creek Endurance Challenge, three, six, and 12-hour events on Saturday. That's and- it. Wellsboro, PA? Is that right? Yeah, it's lit, like in my backyard at Hills Creek State Park. Loops around a th- uh, the lake, which is three-mile loop. Awesome. Beautiful loop. It really is. Nice single track. Nothing too gnarly about it. No, no big hills or anything. But over 12 hours, obviously, it tears you apart a little bit. So, yeah, it was a good time watching people suffer. Awesome. Well, we are here... Um, we're going to talk about all kinds of things today. Uh, this, again, is an interactive experience, so throw things into the chat. Post post comments into the chat. Give Eric some suggestions on what rhymes with the word 13. He needs help 
with rhyming words and and we uh we'll talk about uh today uh we have we have some great topics we'll talk about our weekend we're we have a goldilocks episode uh, a couple shout outs to do and and that's today so it's going to be a good day uh i had fun over the weekend too i went to uh wizard ranch the lancaster conservancy is working on pulling out invasive species from a new tract of land they just acquired and so my husband and i went out and we pulled some weeds we pulled out some shrubbery do you recall what these invasive names were uh i couldn't tell you one of them was super pokey and it was a type of rose uh one of them was a type of vine and i don't remember the other ones now so that's, one of that's them was really... a type of there was a type of honeysuckle yep that's really vague you did a great job of acting like you were right? answering that and you had no clue <laughs> yeah i mean you can uh act like you rhyme things see <laughs> problem solved Hey, how many days you got left until you go and go off in the woods by yourself? Uh, on two sleeps. I got two sleeps. I leave Wednesday morning. Weather looks good. I am. Uh, I'm excited. I'm nervous. I'm all the things. <sighs> what time? What times? When? Whatever you just said, Wednesday morning. Uh, Morning. Wednesday morning, I'm going to leave my house around five o'clock. I have uh, my friend Jen is going to take me. Uh, Jen, aka Bang Bang. She has one of my favorite trail names. Bang Bang is going to take me all the way to the trailhead. So I'll probably get started at around 6 30, 7 o'clock in the morning. But I have to hike three, a little over three miles to get to the trailhead. So I won't actually start until I. Huh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, Trailhead is in the middle of nowhere. Super fun. <laughs> There's no warm-up. There's no parking next to it. So, yeah, it's a, it's an uphill warm-up. I think it's like a 600-gain warm-up. Super fun. And I do have a tracker out there. So if anybody's interested in tracking me, feel free to track me. Just don't track me. Don't say hi to me. Right. Be a creeper. Yeah. Be a Creeper courage. <laughs> All right. So, uh, hey, shout outs. Hey, I want to do some shout outs because we have, uh, we started a Patreon because we do have some costs. Uh, like, like, uh, we're, we're trying to do some things. Uh, membership. Like, yes, we have memberships and subscription costs and things like that. And like swag that we're giving out. And uh, we're, we're kind of scouting out what race we want to go to next and live stream from. And so we have some costs and Darcy and Angela are Patreon supporters. And we want to shout out them for uh, supporting us on Patreon. Thank you. Yes. And uh, apparent, there was a thread on our Facebook group. We have a Facebook group. We have an Instagram as well. Uh, you can follow us along the way because we post stuff in between in between episodes and there were two names thrown out for fans of the show we're gonna have to do we're gonna have to do some voting out there that's gonna have to happen one of them was they called themselves mulleteers and i think that's hilarious and the other one is the mullet pop guild 
Oh, I love it. I love it so much. I wonder if we're going to have anybody that would be willing to grow an actual mullet just for us. Well, I Caleb has one. Yeah, but that's before, that's like, it's Super that's putting the cart before the horse or something like that. Like, I need it growing for, because of this show. I think you should, so. Oh, it started. I <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I have enough for and a couple other shout outs. We had um, some other posts on the page. Janine had her first ENF and it was glorious. And she had so much fun doing it. And I really enjoyed that post. Um, and then Becky's granddaughter in a cute little tutu. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So keep up all the posts on the Facebook, on the Instas, on the Grams, and the, all the things. I'm loving it. I love I love the conversation. So did so those are the I wanted to shout those people out. And then I had I just had some athletes who did awesome this weekend. Let's hear. Um, Kate got her first 50k, and I love seeing that. Especially somebody I went with her. I went with this woman Kate on her first group trail run. Well, it was the first, not her first trail run, but with the group run with Trail Sisters. And uh, I remember talking to her about long distance. She was like, I don't ever do anything like that. And she just did her first 50K. Ah! And it was awesome. And Jill got a seven-minute PR in her half marathon. So that was awesome. And uh, Terry did her first marathon. I just, uh, I'm, I'm so full. My heart is so full right now. And I didn't even race. I think I'm just going to stop running and cheer people on from here on out. It was a good weekend to be a coach, wasn't it? It was. Laura took uh, second place at Hills Creek, right? Yes, and my athlete Emily got first place at the, and they're both they both ran the twelve hour event, so nice. sixty miles and fifty seven miles respectively. Oh, that's awesome! And then Kara Hahn comes in and destroys the six out, wins first person overall for the six hour. So amazing! Insane. It's insane. I love spring race time. I just want to go to all the races and cheer people on. All right. Okay. It's the Goldilocks episode. Here's, here's how this is. Is I was thinking about this. I'm like, what's too little and what's too much? And we were talking about this. We were talking about Eastern States. Eastern States 100, which uh, they have a new thing this year where if you sign up for Eastern States and you don't have crew and you don't have pacers, it's a little different, right? It's like there's a different category for it. Yeah, you just get to sign with no crew and pacers. You get to sign up in like this badass category. And then the other one is just your kind of badass category. <laughs> I, th I think that's what they want it to be like is, you know, do it by yourself is, is harder, requires more badassness. Maybe I think is the idea, which it does. I mean, don't get me wrong. For sure. Uh, there's. Mm -hmm. And so we were talking about, you know, at, at what point is there too much? Like you have too much crew, too many pacers, people at aid stations, people overcrowding at aid stations. I want to hear your thoughts on this. Well, I think the biggest 
I think the, the reason that it's even a subject is because um, a lot of these races like Western states and things get so big, which is awesome and great. But once you get so big, you start drawing attention from outside people. So then not only do you have crew and pacers showing up, but you have people just uh, rubbernecking their way in. Hey, what's going on here? You know, and I think that. What do they um, do? What do they do again? Yeah, what? Hey, what's what going on they? here? <laughs> yeah. um, okay, I'm just checking. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, for crews and pacers, I mean, I'm all about it because it, it warms my fluffy little heart when I see my crew and pacers, just like everybody else. Yeah. But. But, and I tell Becky this all the time, my wife, Becky, is mm -hmm. I, I do want to do a hundred miler without anybody just to see how I can handle it. Maybe I don't go pouty pout face as much because uh -huh. I mean, let's face it. It's when you have somebody to complain to you, you have that outlet. If you don't, well, then you have to, you have to go process this stuff in your own head and make, hopefully make it work out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I do. And I think it's even harder when you are in the back of the pack <clears throat> to go without crew and without pacers. Not to say that it can't happen, just that when you are at the back of the pack, you there's you got less less wiggle room, right? You have less wiggle room to just say, "Oh, you know, my shoes aren't working out for me." no big deal. I'm going to be done soon anyway. Uh, that's not the case. <laughs> you know, when you're at the back of the pack, you got a long ways to go. And if those shoes aren't working out, uh, then it's really helpful to have crew with another pair of shoes. So not to say that you can't do it at the back of the pack, but it, I think it's scarier. I think it's, it makes me more nervous for sure. Uh, pacers, pacers are awesome and they definitely keep you moving. Um, but I think the big thing is crew because they'll have a backup of my shoes, a backup of I had my pack broke one time when I was doing World's End 100K. <laughs> I uh, the side of my pack completely like tore apart <laughs> and I had a backup pack and uh, I got to the aid station, flipped packs around and I still ended up DNFing. But uh, just the there's you know, it, having all of my stuff that makes me nervous to not have all of my stuff. Well, and you said, I'm going to counter your argument here for the back of the pack. You said you think it's a little more important for the back of the pack and it may be, but at the front of the pack, mind you, I want somebody like my wife who's done it before or somebody that somebody that knows me when I'm coming through that aid yeah. station it might be me literally throwing my empty bottle at them as they throw my full bottle at me, wasting half a second instead of the angel of a volunteer taking right. my bottle and filling it up underneath the Gatorade jug and taking- Spilling it all bucks. over your hand. Right. <laughs> so, I yeah. mean, it is, it is very, if you're looking to shave seconds every yeah. slight little second, it is cr crucial to have your crew there and 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 yeah. ready for you. Yeah. Did you hear uh, Arlen Glick? He was he was just interviewed and said that he got he got his aid station time. I I forget the time, but I think he said forty one seconds for the whole thing for a hundred miler. Right. His his downtime, aid station and stopping downtime was down to less than a minute. 
I mean, that's golden that's to me. That's, that's that's music to my ears because that's, that's what I'm front of the pack. Yeah. Well, it is, but it's a game you can play too. I mean, let's face it. Every second you're yeah. sitting there, just time ticking. And that's what you're talking about. Like he has crew that mm -hmm. are like on it and they're swapping bottles and they're gone, you know? Yeah. I mean, I see it, you know, and you see it with the, especially with the elites. It's like a NASCAR race when they come into the pits, you know, mm -hmm. their yeah. crew is like, bam, bam, bottles in their vest. They're, they're sitting there like this, just having their stuff done to them. Right. And then off you go. Right. Right. So it's, it's a tricky thing to um, have people not have people. I do think there's a point at which it's too much where there's too many people. And this conversation came up in the Facebook group. And I saw this too. I saw this at world's end when I was crewing Laura and it's very nice that people know her and like her and they want to see her. Um, but I had to like, I was like bodyguarding people and I'm like, no, I'm crew chief. You out of here. You out of here. Laura, focus here. Let's do the thing. And I think, I think it is important to talk to your crew chief and talk to your entire crew. And did you talk to her like that when you were talking? I like, did the whole time. That's really weird. <laughs> so she was yeah. like Whitney Houston chose, and you were like Kevin Costner. Yeah. I was, I am the Kevin Costner for my Whitney, Laura Fike, Houston. Yeah, you're Whitney. Okay. <laughs> and so I think it's important to have that conversation ahead of time with your crew and choose a person and say, look, hey, crew, I love all of you, but I'm only going to talk to one person. Here's who I'm going to talk to. And then you go to your head crew person and say, here's the questions I want you to ask me. Here's the things I want you to do in this order to manage that whole crowd because it gets crowded. And then the next thing you know, you're there for six minutes and didn't even accomplish the things that you wanted to accomplish. So I do think that uh, I think it can be too many people. Um, it's super fun to see people out there, but it can also it can be too much. I think the same thing, you know, how many people are you going to have on your crew, uh, you know, for do you really need three crew people and four pacers? I mean, that's a whole lot. That's, that is a, a whole big crew. And some races, I think some races you can do that. There's plenty of space. There's plenty of parking. You can spread out. You can have a whole party with it. But I don't know, for me, uh, <laughs> I think it, it just, uh, it can be frustrating as the runner to have too much going on. Yeah. And it's funny because as we look at the front of the pack and the back of pack again, as a front of the pack runner, any aid station, I mean, it doesn't even matter what distance race we're talking about, but any aid station I usually go through, the majority of pacers and crew are not there yet. So right. every time I'm passing through, boy, it's pretty nice and quiet, but I've I know what they're like and I've volunteered at aid stations throughout the whole thing. So when it gets to that middle section, when most of the runners are coming in it, for me, it was like, Holy crap. Well, this is a different world. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I don't, luckily I don't really have to experience that congestion mm -hmm. that much, but I can imagine it's quite crazy when you have, the aid station workers and all these people thinking they're helping going around every which way. And you're just trying to get through with a sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. So I think 
I think you can get to a point where it's too much. And I think that's awesome if you can go without, but there's plenty of times where, you know what? I, I, I was going to do, um, Laurel Highland 70 miler by myself. And then at the last minute, um, Keith reached out to me and he's like, Hey, do you need a pacer? And I was like, sure. <laughs> and then Laura said, Hey, do you want crew? I said, absolutely. So I was really happy. I had one crew, one pacer for a 70 miler. And that was perfect. Um, right. I, I really thought that was a, a great amount of people. The two of them crewed me together for the beginning. And then, uh, Keith joined me later on. Uh, you know, but it's tough to find people who, you know, can manage that drain. He had done that race several times before. So he, he was very familiar with it. And so I trusted in his ability and, uh, and I knew he'd get me to the finish. So I think if you can get away with one crew and one pacer, it all depends on sleep. If you're doing a 200, you know, your crew's got to sleep too. So, uh, this is a tricky one. I don't know. I don't know what the perfect one is. I think it depends on the race. That's that's where I'm at with this Goldilocks. I think, yeah, I agree with you. And I think half the problem is it's all just the problems arise from just domino effects. Yeah. Um, somebody gets a flat tire, you know, a crew gets a flat tire yeah. pulling into the aid station. Well, then, you know, a lot of these aid stations are remote spots. That totally screws up everything. So yeah. I I would be on the side of... I would be okay with any race um, going more minimal with crews mm -hmm. and pacers at this point, yeah. including my own, sadly. But I think that <laughs> I I feel for the race directors and the, the races that put on these races having to uh, not only worry about the race going smoothly and, and the, the health of the runners, but also mm -hmm. the congestion that seems to be rampant. Rampant. Yeah. Well, and I think that that goes to like choosing a good race for that because there are some races that are spectator friendly and they encourage lots of spectators. So it's like if you want that experience, then pick one of those races. If there's another race that it's explicit in the handbook that it's like, hey, there's not a lot of room here, not a lot of room there, then you might not choose that race. So I, I think uh, picking the right race for the experience that you want is is a big piece of it, too. Side yeah. note, I know some races that are great for spectators. So there's that. We'll have to we'll have to come back to this after Eastern States, this subject alone, and maybe have it have a couple interviews of people that that uh, signed up for both sides of it and see what their thoughts were. That's a great idea. And then test through this in the chat uh, for those of you just listening in. Uh, and I think this is a great point. Last year, Rim to River, my crew was a tad too pushy and get me, getting me out fast, which seemed great till it wasn't. And I find myself doing that sometimes when I'm crew chief. I'm like, come on, let's go, let's go. And then I have to remember, well, maybe my runner just needs a minute. <laughs> you know, maybe they need a second to sit down and it really, it's their race. You know what I mean? It's not my race. I'm there completely for them. And if they want to take a minute and they know that's going to help them have a better race, then I got to let them have that minute. I think it is good to try to push people out to some extent. Um, but I just want to call that out. I think that is a really good comment that it's not, <laughs> you know, you got to know when to push and when to when to back off and let your runner have their race. Yeah. 
I agree. And it's going to not go to plan. I mean, even if you discuss, look, mm -hmm. I, don't let me sit in that chair for longer than one minute at every single aid station throughout this hundred mile race. Well, yeah, I can, I can attest that when I was 62 miles into a hundred mile race, that minute changed and I needed at least five <laughs> minutes. It might have been more. And yeah. And they were, damn it, they were going to let me have that five minutes because this guy wasn't going anywhere until I got my right. stuff under control, you know? So, right, right. You're like, I know I am going to sit here and that's what's happening now. So, but they have to judge whether you're just being a little <laughs> yeah. baby or if this is really like needs to happen. So, yeah, it's hard. Are you being a pouty pout face? Or 99.9% .9 of the time, the answer would be yes. But I, yeah, for you, yes. Now, okay, yeah. Goldilocks it, shoe cushion. What's too much and what's too little? Well, dear, I'm a Hoka fan. But I will say that I, I've, I mean, seen your, I've seen your shoe closet. I think yeah. you're just a fan of all shoes. I'm well, sorry. I am. I, have, I don't discriminate at all. But I uh -huh. do not mind Hoka's. Uh -huh. But having said that, I don't think they're as as thick boy as they they started out as, and mm -hmm. and what, how they got their you know laughing joke mm -hmm. type of name. I mean, I don't know. They work for me. I'm not one that I need to to have that ground feel and feel every rock and root. I I like cushion. I like the feel of maybe a push off a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I'm on the high. I guess I'm the too hot. Uh, if we're going by those definitions, your porridge is a little too hot. You go, yeah, yeah, hot. yeah. What about you? On the I go a little low on the cushion. I like the ground feel. I uh, grew up barefoot m most of the time. I try to be barefoot as much as possible, just because that's how I'm comfortable. I really don't care for shoes, and I like. I don't go completely minimal. I like some cushion and I've toyed around with some shoes that provide enough cushion depending on the race. I I do agree that Hoka has gotten a lot better. The Hoka Zinal is not nearly as, as thick as the other ones. I really like that shoe. Um, but I like some ground feel. And uh, I also, I don't hate on the cushion. I'm not going to hate on some cushion. You know, I think it at some races, you want a little bit of extra cushion, and my knees appreciate it to some extent. Um, but if I could race comfortably barefoot, I probably would. I just know that that'll never happen, I know. and I'm I'm not uh, I'm not interested in getting to that point. Um, just that that I don't really like wearing shoes. <laughs> right. What are you? Uh, what will be on your feet? When you start this FKT? Ooh, uh, when I start the FKT, I am doing the uh, Saucony Peregrines. Ah, good. Yeah, they're good too. Yeah, it's good shoe. It's about a, like a four millimeter drop. So I do still have some Achilles issues, which means um, I have to have a little bit of a drop there. If I get too much of a drop, then I get knee issues. Um, so I would like to do, I can't do a zero drop. It just doesn't work for me. So the Saucony Peregrine's got a four millimeter drop, nice wide toe box. It locks in nice and tight. And um, so I get I get enough space in there that my feet, I can, I like the wide toe box, not, not necessarily because I have a wide foot, but because I do wear in gingies when I do very long efforts. Mm -hmm. um, if I'm doing shorter races, anything that's like a hundred, 
I think that is 100K and below. I don't wear in gingies, but I do for the longer stuff. And um, and it allows my foot that extra space for the sock and then the extra space for foot swelling. Uh, so, and some good tread. Nice. Yeah. PJ, PJS carbon fiber for longer races or more cushion. Ooh. And he, I swear, he, he breathes my mind because I have a... <laughs> I have a hundred miler in two weeks and uh -huh. I'm going to be wearing the Hoka carbon. What are the, I forget what they're even called. The carbon plated Hoka's trail shoe. Yeah. 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 I know what you're talking about. Ah, uh, whatever they are. Darn it. Anyway, I wore them for Eastern States last year and they are mm -hmm. they're probably my, my favorite race shoe. Currently there is a really? second, there's a second model out and I haven't uh -huh. been lucky enough or found enough money to purchase them yet. Um, but I'm really stuck on the first, first model. Um, what is it? Carbon X or something. I don't know. PJ help me out. But anyway, I changed <laughs> at mile 80 of Eastern the Tecton? What's the Teton? Tecton. Thank you. Tecton, Tecton X. There we go. The Tecton X. I don't know why I couldn't remember that, but anyway, yeah. So Hoka, if you're listening, please send me a couple pairs of Hoka, uh, Tecton <laughs> X first edition. But anyway, I'm sure, I'm sure they listen to this podcast. I'm pretty sure they do. Um, I wore my carbon tectons for 80 miles at Eastern States and I, they were amazing. No, zero blisters, no nothing. And at yeah. 80 miles, when I had 20 miles left of the race, I, I decided, well, I'm going to put on a nice, nice new pair of, of Hoka cushiony shoes. And I, I think I went with the speed goats, which normally uh -huh. I, I have no problem with. They're not really racers, but I figured, well, 20 miles and I'm dead anyway. What's it going to hurt? Sure. But man, my feet hated me for it. I should, I wish I would have left on the carbons for the whole 102 miles. Yeah, um, I, I've, I've always gone by the, I don't remember who told me this, but they had said, if your feet are good, then don't change your shoes. Don't change your socks. Just kind of go with it. And thanks a lot for telling me that now. I mean, we're a couple <laughs> more states. I really could have used that advice. They were fine. And I uh -huh. was dumb and changed them. Yeah, and well, you're welcome. Yeah, so thanks a lot. Yep, that's what I'm here for, buddy. Appreciate you. <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> okay, uh, next, tech. Electronics and tech. What is too much? What's too little? Boy, that's got to depend on the distance, I guess, because we don't we want ourselves a nice little safe tracker on some 500-mile FKT? Oh, absolutely. I use a spot tracker and I have my watch and I have my maps. I got my phone. I have a GPX file loaded onto my watch. I have all the things, uh, especially because this FKT, I'm going to be uh, self-supported. So I will be out there by myself and all of my friends and family are, <laughs> are thankful that I don't shy away from the tech. I think they would be a little more concerned if I did. I would say for most races, anything from 5K up to whatever you want to say. Yeah. Let's see. My vote would be no phone. Excuse okay. Me. No phone. That was for you. That possibly no music. Get over it. No big deal. Talk to nature. Okay. The watch. Okay. I mean, let's face it. Watches are, are, are a uh, part of us at this point. Uh -huh. So that's okay. 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 Um, 
I think that's all you really need. What else would you need electronic wise? I, I feel like anything else is overkill. I've never used those foot pods that measure your cadence or any of that fun stuff. Right. So. I here's here's where I'm at. I love all the data. I love all the tech. Mm. The more the better. I absolutely love it, but I don't get upset if I don't have it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's like, um, I want my watch for all my walks, all my runs, because I want my data to be accurate. I use training peaks. I really, um, I like that their software and all of the little bits of data that I get out of it. I want to look back and I want to like investigate my route on Strava and see the heat map and find which maps, like there might be trails that I didn't see. I want to find those trails in order to find them. It's easier if I do a route and then I look at the heat. I, I love all the data. I love all the tech music um, with headphones and all of that. I run sometimes with music, sometimes with a book, sometimes with a podcast and sometimes with nothing at all. I do all of the above. Absolutely. All of them. Uh, my phone I could go without my phone, uh, but it's more of a safety thing than it is yeah. uh, that I need it. I don't, I don't, I really, my phone is the one thing that I could leave behind. And if I'm in a group run and somebody else has their phone, then I will often leave mine behind. Um, but that's more of a security safety thing than anything else. Yeah. Speaking of books, if anybody has any free audio books, I want them. I don't know how they could get them to me, but I want to listen to audio. We talked about this. Go to Goodreads. Yeah, yeah, I tried that, and it's it, there. You sent me down a dark. Uh, hole. I Here, will send you it. down several dark holes. Okay. <laughs> hey, I want to circle back real quick. I, I I think I had a thought. I think I had a thought. I want to say it out loud to see if it makes sense. What okay. if? What if as a crew and pace, if you're a runner uh-huh. and your crew slash pacer is your husband, wife, or significant other, and they don't, they're not a runner and they don't want to be there. Not that they don't want to nope. be there. They just, that's not their hobby, right? I don't, I don't even start. Nope. No. What, what I'm wondering is like, does somebody... Do you do you need a pacer and crew? Not you, but a runner need a crew and pacer enough to to need them to come out, or it, is that the deciding factor in not needing a crew slash pacer? You know what I mean? No. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> no, I I uh, I see you've got you got uh, Becky and the girls. Um, my husband does not run. Uh, he's not really interested in getting up super early to stand around and wait for me for four hours until I show up at an aid station for 30 seconds. Uh, and I really, I really don't blame him. Like I can't, I can't be like, Oh, come on. It's super like that. No, that doesn't sound, that doesn't sound fun at all. And, uh, and so I, I don't even ask. I go, I have, uh, plenty of friends. They crew for me. I crew for them. We all know each other. It's a, a lot more enjoyable experience. I come home and he congratulates me. And, you know, so uh, we we have a thing. It works. It works for us. Nice. 
Yeah, I was I was more looking at feedback from other people, so it doesn't. But it doesn't matter. Well, a, other people don't have a microphone, and I do, so that's what you get. I like it. <laughs> All right, so shoes are done. What's next? Oh boy, and we had a great suggest suggestion out there from Sue Tsunami. You can go to your local library and get books, just so you know. All right. Oh, and some, you know, some people, yeah, Tess's husband, he, yeah, Mike has zero desire to run, but he is awesome crew. I think, I think some people do enjoy it. Yeah. All right. Um, how much, what about polls? What's too much, too little, just right? What do you think about polls? I'm not a poll guy. I never, I've tried them. I have them. I, yeah. I've used them. I've used them for. What have I used them for? I used them for one climb in my first Eastern States, and then I gave them to my pacer. And <laughs> I used them out in Tahoe 200, and I used them. Yeah. I think that's it. Just Tahoe yeah. 200. I don't think I used them at all for Ure. Yeah. Wow. That's impressive. I might be wrong. I might be lying, but I don't think I did. I don't yeah. even think I took them. Wow. No. But I mean, that's very, I think that's a very uh, personal choice for sure. A lot here's, of people. Well, here's the thing about polls is, and this is the, one of the points that, uh, you know, Jason Coop on the Coopcast, he talks about this. And as soon as he said it, I'm like, that is genius. And I think it's something to spread around is as soon as you put your polls in your hands, your hands are now unavailable for things like making sure you have enough to drink and enough to eat. Mm. And that's the biggest difference. I think that some people do really well with polls. Some people don't do well with polls. And that's completely a personal thing. But if you use polls, you have to be incredibly intentional to make sure that you're eating enough food. Right. And then Adam Cole always has his good advice. I love that. <laughs> I I am currently, by the way, I'm I'm currently I'm putting it up on the YouTube. I don't care. I know. I, I'm currently on the Adam Cole training plan. This I've been trying to figure out what kind of training plan I'm on right now, which is the Adam Cole training plan. And it is here's what it is. Just do all the things all the time. Like yeah. when you're, when you're done with your 50 K go oh. for a bike ride. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> so I've been doing, uh, two a days and three. I don't do nearly as much as him. Um, but I'll, you know, hit, uh, I'll go for a run in the morning and then hit the gym in the afternoon. And, and I've been running and hiking and walking and biking, mountain biking, road biking. I now have three bicycles and you are all. I'm trying to be Adam Kolb. I am not yet, but I'm on the Adam Kolb training plan. This make is sure you <laughs> make sure you get a trainer. You have to have a trainer in your living room. I don't have a trainer. I don't, and I'm probably never going to get one. Oh well. And I do use poles sometimes. I I um, years ago I was training for a Georgia Death Race, and at the time poles were not allowed. So I did a lot of training for a couple of years without poles. 
and I got really used to not having polls. Um, but I do find them helpful later on. I think uh, that it helps take the pressure off of the lower back if you do have a big pack. Um, so I, I use polls sometimes, but probably um, not as much as I'm, I'm not incredibly comfortable with them. That's okay. I use them a lot for my 200. I found that I walked faster with my poles. And I did a whole lot of walking on that thing. So I was a, I was a faster walker if I had poles in my hands. So. Yeah, I never, I don't use them often, but the few times I have in yeah. long races, they, they instantly became a, a part of me. Like, an, like as we were saying earlier, another limb where like, I forgot I was even using them. They, they weren't in the way. And yeah. I don't even know if they were helping much, but it, they, they instantly became yeah. a part of my gate and like, that's, they were there and the rest yeah. of the race, I used them. Yeah. And there's a couple of times I think where they can be very helpful, especially if you're tired, if you're tired and you're doing a Creek crossing or something like that, like they can be really helpful to make sure you stay upright. I was a little concerned when I was in world's end hundred K I did it. I DNF the year of the, the big crazy lightning storm. And I was crossing, you know, the section where you cross the Creek several times. That's like the whole thing, Grace. Accurate. However, but yeah, I know. I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 It's uh, leading into Brunerdale. So I'm going into Brunerdale. We're crossing the creek several times and the water is above my knees and I have these poles and we see lightning. <laughs> and we're like, I don't know if this is a good idea. Are we, should we have these hiking poles in the creek with lightning? They were like carbon fiber or something. They're not probably, gonna... probably yeah. carbon fiber. It was all right. What else do we have? Any any more Goldilocks subjects? How about like mm. I don't know. Somebody said pocket food. I don't even know how to judge that with hot, cold, or just right. What <clears throat> what's the nastiest food that you've shoved in your pockets? How's that? Nastiest food I've shoved in my pockets. I can't think of any nasty food I've shoved in my pockets. Um, oh man. A double, a double decker pie, oatmeal pie. No, not yet. I will let you know how it goes. This is my first double decker oatmeal pie and I am super excited about it. We'll see what ends up in my pockets, but right. I, I'm, I'm pretty, I eat a lot when I'm out on the trail. So things don't end things are not in my pockets for very long. They mm. go in, they go in my mouth. Yum, yum, yum. That's what happens. Grace, I mean, I don't want to get off subject if we want to talk about Goldilocks some more, but I had a couple, I had a couple no. conversations today. And it's I need I need I need you to um, make these certain people feel better. Now we're four weeks out from world's end at this point okay Ooh, okay what i want you to what i'm going to ask you and i am putting you on the spot here you are sir is i like it <laughs> how how much gain can you get from from your workouts in the remaining four weeks leading up to a a big race such as 100k now what i'm asking you is 
have all the meat and uh, I keep using meat and potatoes. I get stuck on these stupid words. Has all the work been should uh, should and has all the work been done for the most part to where you know yeah. now it's time to cruise a little bit and and then do your taper into the race or are there gains to be had in your opinion yeah. over the, yeah. that's just over the next 2 weeks that really matter and what I'm what I'm getting at is if those workouts aren't necessarily hammered to a T, uh -huh. is it in your opinion, is it going to affect race performance? Right. I have an answer for this. Good. Thank you for this question. Yep. I think at this point, the smartest thing to do is to, if possible, go to the course. That's the smartest thing to do at this point, whether you've gotten in all the work or not gotten in all the work, your best bet is to do race specific training for the uh, next two weeks before a 10 to 14 day taper. So the best bet is to spend time on that. If, if you're close to, and this goes for any race, I think if you're close to the course three to four weeks out, that's when you do your race specific training. So you get, you either go to the course and hike it, run it, um, see as much of it as you can so that you can visualize it and plan for how you're going to manage that day, or you do gain that is very close to what you're going to experience. You do technicality or uh, something that is as close to that experience as you can get. Yeah. I mean, I, I get, okay. That that's a fair point. That's a great answer. I guess I know I would, it is. It's an amazing answer. <laughs> I would I, I want to push a little farther and say, okay, so the past two weeks, life got in the way and I didn't get uh, the the gain I wanted to from my weekly workouts. Uh -huh. From my from my one one uh, hill workout every week that I do. I I didn't get the elevation gain that I wanted to. I still got okay. some. I still might have had a race in there. Um can that gain be made up the, the gain that you should have or could have got five, six or seven weeks out? Can that gain be made up within that four week window before the race to gain the benefits from it? Follow? I don't think I don't think you can make up the gain. I think you're at where you're at. Yeah. Um, and, and you're not going to you're not going to get a gain a whole lot of fitness at this point. Exactly. Um, yeah. I, I think the work's done for the most part. I think you can still benefit, but the only benefits you get are race specific benefits. I don't think you're going to get a lot of fitness benefits at this point. Yeah. Race, race specific benefits and even mental, uh, preparing right. yourself mentally. Correct. Yeah. Like if there's a thunderstorm, uh, not a thunderstorm, but if there is a rainstorm, that's when you go out and do your workout. Like any any opportunity to put yourself under some mental stress, um, if it's an overnight and you can do some overnight running. Uh, so that's the fitness gains are done. Do something race specific to get yourself mentally prepared or understand the course more as much as you can. About four weeks out is the perfect time, like in an ideal training calendar. 
if I were to build out the perfect training calendar for somebody, I would do a 10 day taper. And the weekend prior to that is normal weekend. Four weeks prior, I would do a three day, three day training camp. You go out to the course, break that course out and, um, and hit it Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and do, you know, 15 miles on Friday. Uh, maybe you do a, a 20 miler on Saturday and another 15 on Sunday. You might not hit the entire course, but just do a really big training weekend. And that the mileage really depends on the person. Some people would be at higher mileage. Some people lower mileage. Um, depends on what what the race is and, and that particular person's fitness. But perfect scenario race calendar, four weeks out, go to the course and do a training weekend. Yeah, I, I like all that. I like your answer a lot. It's exactly kind of what you. I would what I would say, even though I can say that um, I might have said something totally different. I can still say that because it makes me sound really smart because you it said does it. make you sound smart. And I think you are smart. I, I agree. The 10 week taper is accurate, um, but also very individualized. 10 day, but that's OK. Yeah. 10 day taper. Yep. But very individualized highly individualized. The yeah. mileage for that taper yeah. is drastically different depending on the person. Right. Um, I think most people, I think kind of the old school thinking was maybe a three week taper. And I think that the newer research is showing 10 to 14 days is sufficient. And again, it depends on the person. I just had an athlete who got sick, you know, three weeks out and it was like, all right, well, you know, hay's in the barn. You got your fitness. I guess you're doing a three week taper because it doesn't make any sense for you to go out and do these long runs while you're sick. Right. And now that's happened to me before. And you know what? It's, it's almost like I I liked it because it for you as us runners know, we're kind of hard headed and we hate the taper. We hate yeah. to cut back at all. And mm -hmm. when you're forced to, it's like, well, I guess I have no choice. And it's yeah. worked out for me before I I've gone into races kind of, boy, I don't know what's going to happen because that, that last couple of weeks was not what I expected and magic, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, all the work has to be done before that. But, uh, what other, did you have another, is that the only question? I mean, that's pretty much all I had. I don't know, Grace. I got, I want to know, oh. well, tell me about your weekend, buddy. What do you got going this weekend? Well, that's what I was going to get into. I have a hundred miler in two weeks. Oh, that's right. And this is my first spring 100 and I was really, I was really excited to run a spring 100. Yeah. But you know what? It's spring 100s do not fit in my schedule. Like this has been mm -hmm. this is uh between life, work, yeah. softball, track. Uh -huh. I think that I think that's it. And just everything else I, I can't get pod pod. Yeah, thank you. Podcast. That doesn't really affect my running, but man, I I'm really, I'm hoping for the best, but I didn't get my training, my miles in anywhere near like I had hoped going ah. into this in the fall when I signed up for it. It's okay. I'm just, uh -huh. I, I, it's, I'm glad I learned that. I mean, I promise you, I won't do ever do a big spring race again you know, other, higher than a marathon, let's say it's okay. just not, 
it doesn't fit in my schedule. And now I know, but it's, yeah. it's hard going into, into this race with trying to keep any kind of confidence. Oh, I believe in you. Well, that's all I really need to hear. That's what I was trying to get at. Yeah. I think you're going to do great. No, I, I look to have a good time. <laughs> and if I have to hang out with somebody or make new friends and, I want. I want to know. Uh, that's Massanutten, Massanutten down in uh, Virginia. I would love to hear who else is going to be at Massanutten. That usually brings out a pretty great crowd. That's uh, what? What's the name of the group? Happy Virginia Happy Running Club. Trail runner. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. I hear they put on really great races. You're gonna have a super fun time. Rhoda and Sam are doing it. And uh, so I'll, if if it all goes to hell, yeah. I can just hang out with them. Yeah, you have a double decker oatmeal cream pie. You'll be all right. I probably will pick a couple of them up, honestly, along with a <laughs> box of honey buns. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if we can. We, again, we always say that we won't have show sponsors, but I would consider Little Debbie. I think that would be great. I don't think Little Debbie would consider us. They would not. Definitely not. <laughs> Especially with that wig on. It's not a wig. It's a hair piece. Oh, okay. It's a hair piece. Got it. <laughs> but anyway, that's what I'm doing. I mean, I'm two weeks out. Yeah. I know I couldn't do anything huge this weekend, so I'm going to do what I can and take it from there. One step at a time. I'm more excited All to right. follow along your adventure. Yeah, well, Mr. Pouty Pout Face, you're going to have a super fun time. I can't wait to hear all about it. And I uh, hope your taper goes awesome. And I will try to keep you entertained this week. I shove off Wednesday, finish up Saturday, tell everybody about it next Monday. We'll see if we'll see if I make it. Okay, what you're going to have to do for me is give me updates when I ask mm -hmm. for them, and then I can post to the running mullet stuff. Yeah, that sounds good. Like if you're dead or if you're crying and all the good stuff. All of that will happen. I am, I'm going to try to embrace it all. Embrace every bit of it, Grace. You know how fun these are. You're going to come out on the backside as a new, not a new woman, but a different woman, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And you're amazing for doing it. Yeah. And if anybody knows about backsides, it's you. Yeah. <laughs> and with that, great show. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. See you next week. Bye. Later. Bye.